got to ask you a question. Do you feel like you do more for your clients than you do for yourself? Are you like completely masterful at helping others, but when it comes to your own business, you kind of let things slide? Have you ever wondered why you procrastinate or put yourself and your business last? Is it possible that getting it done messy is okay for your clients, but doing the same thing for yourself just seems absolutely impossible? You may be surprised to realize that you are not broken, but rather a secret perfectionist. And it's time to put a stop to that because it is totally sabotaging your business and very likely hurting your sales. I'll be honest, this is a very personal topic for me as I've never really resonated with the term perfectionist until my own coach called me right out on it and I had to admit she was 100% right. In fact, if you asked me before our session, I'd say I was the polar opposite. Surprisingly, perfectionism hides in some pretty interesting places in our online businesses, and I think it's well past time to illuminate what's really going on and talk frankly about it. Well, hello there, fellow entrepreneur. I am Dorothy, a 22-year sales veteran and corporate SKP turned into a sales confidence coach for online women entrepreneurs who want to be wildly confident in their sales and business so that they attract dream clients to their four-figure offers. On this podcast, you can expect an honest exploration of how to make better sales as a coach, course creator, or service provider. I'll help you create ideal clients and make irresistible offers you love to sell. Making sales in your business should feel great, not scary. And as a woman, you have the power of the feminine sales advantage to create ideal clients with ease. I swear sales isn't a dirty word, and I'll help you fall in love with it. Are you ready to transform your business and your life? Then let's begin. Gone are the days when you'd proclaim perfectionism as a positive trait you had. In an analysis of 95 studies on the topic, the University of Florida's Warrington College of Business found, and I quote, no evidence that perfectionists perform better, nor that their exacting standards lead to higher quality work. When high standards are achieved, the perfectionist will see the result as expected and has no cause for celebration. Yikes! It is no longer worth it to do it perfectly, and society is on a definite swing toward authenticity and honesty being the best business commodities you can have. We've seen a huge rise in authenticity platforms. For instance, TikTok, which is a complete divergence from the curated, perfected lives we see on Instagram or well, we used to see, even Instagram, where initially I never really felt like home, has become far less focused on flashy, perfect influencers, and we've started to see a real move toward the everyday person being the new influencer. People love to see things like behind the scenes and the reality of your business and your life. 
a group I'm especially active in on Facebook sees massive engagement and comments of relief when the owner posts about her real-life struggles with growing a business and growing a family. So let's break this down and figure out what perfectionism in entrepreneurship looks like and how you can bless it and release it from your business. For me, perfectionism often appeared like procrastination, but it actually wasn't. I could simply prioritize client work and other activities because they had very real and present deadlines for me. When it came to me and my own business, though, I could easily find the next best distraction or another household chore to dedicate my attention to. I honestly believed that everything I needed for my business existed outside myself, in the next course, in some guru coach who obviously had it all figured out, or in doing more than I possibly could as a busy mom of two. That same study from the University of Florida had two very telling definitions of perfectionism that startled even me. They identified perfectionists as excellent seekers who demand high standards of themselves and others. Well, there's no surprise there. Number two, failure avoiders who obsessively worry their work isn't good enough and that others won't respect them if they're not perfect. Ouch, that second one hit a little close to home. How about you? This is the epitome of the thoughts that circle my mind when I come up with new ideas. My perfectionism kicks into high gear and I actively need to do honest self-assessments and reframing to overcome this belief. And I'll be honest, I've worked with these with my coach too. So if you don't have a coach to talk to, think about getting someone who's like a good friend or a peer that won't be judgmental, but will honestly reflect to you what you're saying so that you can have a realistic expectation of whether or not you're being a perfectionist or you're just sort of having some self-limiting beliefs because that's super helpful. Now, as an expert and coach, you feel that you are a representation of your niche. That's normal. It is so easy to fall into feeling like if you're not perfect, if the things you put out aren't perfect, that it will be judged or you may be ridiculed. And that's entirely possible. And those are real and valid concerns. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because, hey, the internet is full of lovely people who have a thing or two to say or to prove about what they know, if you catch my drift. The thing is, Most of us experts and coaches are pretty darn good people with good hearts who aren't out there intending to do harm or misinform people. So I have to ask, who exactly knows everything? And what precisely is perfection? We are all growing and improving our skills and our expertise. Let's just collectively give ourselves a break and realize that perfection isn't a realistic goal if we can't even define it as the same thing for everyone. Every person would see perfection differently. Instead, I'd recommend you try to focus on what's actually important. Will what you're doing do a good thing? Will it have the intended effect for your clients? If it's your course or your program idea you're doubtful on, ask yourself if it's a proven strategy and have you been able to duplicate the results? When you're first creating your programs or your offers, They may be something you've achieved personally or proven to yourself 
but you need to test it on real life clients. Just be honest about this part. Show the results you've accomplished and run a test group for a lower price until what you've got is proven. As soon as you're upfront and honest about what you're doing, people are much more attracted to it and they're less likely to not give you the feedback you need to improve your own offers. Here's a few more signs and symptoms. You may be letting perfectionism sabotage your business and your sales and what to do about it. Perfectionists tend to be very humble to the point of being self-critical. It's not humble being self-critical. You may be like me, where it was not a positive thing to talk about your successes. That's how I was raised, because that was viewed as gloating. Even like the tiniest amount of kind of self-promotion was considered gloating. So this type of perfectionism is seen as we don't pause to celebrate hitting our goals, like client enrollments or income targets. You'll even find this when you set achievements for yourself, like completing a complicated integration or an email sequence, learning your new software that you invested in. You know, if you're not stopping to give yourself credit and spending a moment to enjoy your new accomplishment, you may be allowing that perfectionism to creep in. I was relentless when I started my online business. I rushed through everything as if I was going to win some prize for doing more and more and more. Each accomplishment I achieved, you know, my website, my completed website that I changed like four times, my first coaching clients that were pro bono, my first paid clients, my first five-figure month, I didn't stop to celebrate. I just moved on to more and more and more. And that was my perfectionism coming out. It wasn't allowing me to celebrate my wins as I went. It was just striving for more and more. And if you're able to recognize and celebrate your wins in your clients, but not your own, or if yours aren't something you're deeming important enough to pause and enjoy the fruits of your labor, it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone and share those wins. I feel incredibly uncomfortable sharing about my successes online, but now I do it on a regular basis as a challenge to myself. And it's actually kind of fun to celebrate with my clients and my family and have, you know, friends, colleagues, and peers message me and celebrate with me. That creates a moment of pause that actually allows me to enjoy what I've achieved and recognize it as something significant. I encourage you to do the same. You don't have to share about every single win and maybe you don't want to do it on social, but for sure, do it within your mastermind or your peer group or amongst your family. It's such a rewarding experience to have people celebrate your wins along with you. And it's good for you. It gets you out of that perfectionist rut. So once you get used to celebrating your successes, it'll come more naturally. And you'll realize that others are happy for you too, and they're excited to celebrate with you. This world is full of not a lot of good news, so let's celebrate some good stuff. It's also a great way to lead by example for your clients. They love to hear how you're doing, what you're doing, and they are vested and interested in hearing, you know, what's happening and how it happened and when you achieve milestones because you don't realize it, but someone may someone is always, not may, someone is always looking up to you. I've often been surprised by people who approach me in social and talk to me about how they've been following me for a long time and that they're impressed with my growth when I'm not thinking it's great. 
One of the other telltale signs of perfectionism in salespeople that I often saw in my corporate experiences was taking rejection personally. I was also not at all surprised to see this pop up in my coaching clients as well. Seasoned salespeople get really great at hearing no, but knowing it's not about them. Many entrepreneurs face a ton of rejection as they build their businesses, and since it's such a lonely journey sometimes, it can feel like that fault lies squarely on your shoulders. You have to be a unique sort of person and have a unique personality to naturally handle a lot of rejection, to naturally handle the hurdles and the ups and downs of growing your own business. The key to staying in the game and continuing to be able to confidently make more sales, even when you're hearing no a lot, is to know that no has nothing to do with you. You personally has nothing to do with you. You must get really great at realizing an offer you've created, tested and vetted with your audience that you know will help is simply something that not everyone will want. Your coaching style may not be for everyone, and that is completely okay. Everyone requires a different style of support. Some people love just to have a coach and create their own goals. Some people will want to complete a self-study course and require no coaching or other people in their group. Like my clients enjoy a hybrid coaching style where they take actions on their own, but they receive support and accountability from someone who's done it before them. And I also provide them with resources and videos to watch and workbooks and things like that to help support them on their journey. Whenever you catch yourself taking rejection personally, it's time to pause and analyze the fact. If you're hearing no a lot, perhaps it's your messaging or your positioning that needs a tweak. These are all things that we can use numbers and facts to establish a baseline for. We don't want to be looking at it as if it's a personal affront to you and it's because you're not good enough because that's just not true. Not creating clients on your calls or with your sales pages could be all kinds of little things. Perhaps your target market isn't seeing your offer often enough. Maybe you need to get some additional visibility. There's all kinds of different ways to slightly tweak what you're doing to improve your results. These are all things that a sales coach can help you figure out and ensure you are mapping out a successful path, not only for you and your business, but also for your clients so that you can get the repeat success that leads to more people investing and buying with you. Please, please, please release yourself from being responsible for a person's ability to say yes to your offer and allow yourself the grace and the confidence to know you probably have something really awesome and the right people finding out about it will buy in. Okay, have you ever found yourself doubting yourself as you do your work? I found in the early days, I would double and triple check the copywriting and design work I was completing for clients. And while that's a really good habit, now I have like a checklist and a process, and I move through things a lot quicker because I've just gotten into a better flow. That double and triple checking I was doing in the beginning was my sheer fear that I would do it wrong. So I've also had clients who were hesitant to launch because they just wanted to check their sequence or their cart one last time, figure out if their automations were still working. And they were holding themselves back because they were doubting their abilities and they were double checking their work. 
we used to do this in corporate. I know I did it. I recognize this pattern, but I didn't realize I brought it to my online business as well. And I'm just going to say, I'm all for making sure things are edited and working, but I want you to be aware that this is a way that perfectionism can also creep in as well. The saying, done is better than perfect, comes from somewhere, right? It's probably a tattoo I should get. A coach I recently worked with shared how the very program we were going through with her had been through five iterations before our group went through it. With every group, she added things, took away content that wasn't needed anymore, and refreshed areas that needed updating. And I can speak to that as well. I update a lot of the trainings and the workbooks and the programs as I get better, as I gain more skills, as I grow as a person, or honestly, as technology changes. Because some of the things that I was teaching, you know, four or five years ago, just don't make any sense in the new world that we're in now. So your first offers are likely going to be works in progress. And your current offers are going to be the same too. It's impossible, impossible to get everything perfect the first time and things are going to go wrong and things are going to break and masterclasses are going to not be ready the minute you go to go live. I know, I think it was Amy Porterfield recently had a big masterclass and the internet wasn't working. And so they had to like change it to Zoom because she was doing something on Facebook. Like that stuff happens to gazillionaires as much as it happens to small business entrepreneurs as well. Links will fail. Checkouts will go down. It's just part of our life in a technological world. But it's understood. And you can make things go right once you discover the concern. You just take a deep breath, calm down, and realize you're going to get to it and you're going to do the right thing for your clients. Just keep in mind that getting it started and doing the darn thing is worth so much more and will teach you things and grow you exponentially more than just sitting on something you keep testing and double-checking and aren't sure about. Lastly, I want to touch on a concept of trust. I know I resonate with this one too, and it's taken me some time to open up to it, but it has been incredibly worth it. What is it that us perfectionists do that makes our lives infinitely more difficult? We often have difficulty trusting others with our tasks for our businesses. Now, how does this impact our sales and our business? Well, it means we struggle to hire help and allow them to do the work. A couple of the VA services I refer my clients to actually have a training for the client on how and what to delegate to a virtual assistant because they have discovered it is just so difficult for entrepreneurs to know what to let go of and what to keep. And one of them even has a big long list of all the actions and activities that a virtual assistant could take over for you to allow you to focus on your zone of genius and the key areas you want to work on. If you're looking for a resource for this, one that I want to reflect back on, and I think is one of the best books that I read that convinced me that this was something that anyone could do is Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. Now that is a big book. It's a long one, but you don't have to read the whole thing front to back. You can pull out sections of it. It's very actionable, like most of his books. So it has an excellent section all about what he did to offload some of his more like tedious tasks or things that just weren't really the best use of his time. 
And what he shares is that allowing and trusting others to help you is a skill you not only must learn as a business owner and an entrepreneur, but it will make you more money as it allows you to take things off your plate that aren't your zone of genius or money-making tasks and allows you to spend more time on those very things. Whenever you feel like you can't afford to hire someone, and there will be stages in your business where hiring someone isn't going to be profitable for you, and it may not be your best first option. But if you have questions about that, just reach out to me, DM me. I'm on Instagram at Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching, and I'll give you some pointers to say like where you're at financially and whether it would be worthwhile to invest in something like this. I want to challenge you. A really simple thing to do is to calculate what you think you should make an hour, how much you would be willing to pay yourself to handle things like your office tasks, writing emails, paying your bills, processing refunds, general inquiries. How much are you willing to pay yourself per hour to do those things? And that allows you to value that work and see it as something that if you were able to offload it to someone else and have some support and some help doing it, it might make a lot of sense financially to allow you to do the higher income earning work that you're actually enjoying and good at. When you look at your time as valuable and worthy of an income, you quickly realize that it could likely be spent elsewhere. And I always reflect back on the quote that you can't buy time. You can't get back time. One of the most highly coveted thing by the richest people in the world is time. Your time is incredibly valuable. So make sure you're spending it in the best way possible. Treat it as a currency in your business. So if you're nervous to work with a virtual assistant, I highly recommend hiring someone for like three hours a week. I know a service that offers a three hour a week option. And then you can go from there. So that's, you know, not a ton of commitment, not a ton of investment. And you can just list out what would take three hours for a virtual assistant to accomplish. And the company I'm thinking of actually interviews you and goes through your tasks with you to help you make that experience more productive and assign you the right virtual assistant to do that work. That way you can graduate into growing a more full-time virtual assistant as your business grows and as you get busier. And you may just find yourself pleasantly surprised and suddenly far more productive. Being more productive will always win over being more perfect. And you may even gain back some precious time that you can enjoy, like decompressing in nature or spending time with your family, because that's why we built these businesses, right? Going on those vacations and not worrying about all the day-to-day riffraff that you have to deal with. It's so worth it. So to refresh what we covered today, we discovered how perfectionism is identified and why it's maybe not actually the greatest trait to have. I walked you through the four surprising traits that secretly indicate you have perfectionist tendencies. And those were, you know, unnecessary self-criticism. Having yourself take rejection personally, the no's that you hear are not about you. They're about the person saying no. What about doubting your skills and abilities? And the last one was having difficulty trusting others. And we talked about what to do instead to help you break out of those habits, to help you bless and release that perfectionism as promised. I really hope this dive into the sneaky ways perfectionism can affect your business and your sales has been 
enlightening. It was very illuminating for me to dig deeper into and to see some of the ways that, yeah, you know what? I have been a practicing perfectionist and I'm trying to break it. It's something I see sabotaging a lot of experts and coaches and I'm included and I want that to stop. Please remember that you are amazing at what you do. The world needs your services and it's completely worth it to stare perfectionism in the face and kick it out the front door of your business. This will not only help you grow, but it will also release so much unnecessary pressure and stress you've been putting on yourself. All right, I'll leave you with that this week. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of this week's episode. You can reach me. I'm at Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching on Instagram. And until next week, keep making better sales and use your heart to do it. Take care. Hey there, my marketing and sales mavens. I want to personally thank you for listening to the Wildly Confident Sales Podcast. If you love this episode, feel free to share it with your friends and followers by tagging me on Instagram. You'll find me at Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching. I'd love for them to benefit from the value that was delivered today. If you enjoyed the podcast or you have a topic you'd love to hear covered, make sure to let me know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so that I can keep bringing helpful sales and business perspectives to you to ensure you grow your income and create ideal clients for your dream business. I am so grateful that I can be part of this with you and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. In the meantime, keep taking action and don't be afraid to unleash your feminine sales advantage to help you conquer the world.